Welcome to Grow Your Influence Tree with your host, Leonard Kim. This is the show especially for those that want to be among the top influencers of the world. We'll help you build your brand, tell the most compelling story, build your reputation and grow your audience, and attract the top clients and customers. Listen to the experts. Think like they do, and you'll be on your way. Now, here's Leonard Kim. Hey, everyone. Leonard Kim here, and welcome back to another episode of Grow Your Influence Tree. It's been an interesting few weeks lately. You know, lots of things have been going on, lots of exciting events. Got to go and do some work. Um, about to write this big book about how to ditch your act. And that's going to be pretty exciting because we have some great insights in this book that's really going to get you pumped up. The release dates next year, October, but you can always message me if you want to know more about when the thing's coming out, if you want to be on the early list so that you can get your book pre-ordered and things like that. But today, we're going to be talking about something completely different, something that has nothing to do with my book, nothing to do with me. We're going to focus on our our guest today and our guest today is Angie Park. Angie Park is um, a wonderful person who's very inspirational, who's gone out there and did some amazing things with her life, full of boldness, full of courage, and she's really changing the game with how things work. Angie, why don't you take a moment to introduce yourself? Hi, Leonard. Thank you so much Hi. for inviting me to your show. So, um, I'm a nurse um, at USC Czech Medicine. (laughs) Tell me more. I know, I'm sorry. I'm just very nervous. Um, Oh, really? I can't tell. It sounds like you're pretty Yeah. I'm just extremely nervous and... um, you know, I need some guidance from you with this. <laughs> oh, you, you know, like describe your personality, some of the things that you've achieved in your life. You know, how did you get to where you are today? Like, just a little bit of details within that. Um, so, I've always knew that I wanted to work in healthcare. I wanted to help people. I know that sounds so cliche, but I really did. Um, and, you know, I just had that innate calling from within that I was meant to do something to help others. And uh, life just led me um, to becoming a nurse. And um, from that, you know, my passion is really medical missions. Uh, and I had the privilege of going to Africa a few years ago um, uh, to Zambia um, to, you know, help and serve the people there. And um, I've worked in New York, um, you know, for over eight years, but I recently moved to L.A. uh, And now I'm I'm here. Oh, cool. Yeah, from, you know, a lot of people out there, you said that what you wanted to do and you knew for a long time is that you wanted to help people and you had that innate desire to do that. A lot of people have difficulty figuring out like what their passion is, what their calling in life is, but it seems like you always had that figured out. How did you really know that that was what you wanted to do? Were you inspired by your surroundings? Did something just click one day? Or what really drove you to that inspiration where you felt that it was your life's mission to go out there and help others? 
Um, that's kind of tough to say when I figured that out or when I realized that, you know, it was my calling or like my passion um, because for as long as I can remember, I knew I wanted to go into health healthcare. And, um, but I think um, what really kind of let me know inside is, you know, I, I, I have a lot of things that I like to do, um, Mm -hmm. like painting. um, I like to write, you know, um, and I have a a lot of other hobbies, but for me, I feel most rewarded um, and fulfilled when I'm helping other people. So that was kind of what made me decide that, you know, this is the right decision for me. Awesome. So that probably means that when in your early phases of life, when you were maybe a kid in elementary, junior high or high school, there were situations where you helped someone out and you felt that rewarding feeling where you were like, wow, this really means so much to me. Can you recall one of those early moments when you helped someone and how it really affected you and touched your heart? Uh, well, as a kid, you know, I, I wouldn't have known anything about medicine, right? Mm. Um, but I think for me, more than the, you know, medical aspect of it, what I really enjoy is making connections with people um, mm-hmm. and helping them in that way, not just, you know, with their disease process or... Well, let, let's, um, take you know, out, let's take out the... Let's take out like the healthcare setting. Like when you were a kid, someone maybe needed help with a test. Someone may have fell down and you're like, oh, let me call the principal. You might have helped someone like walk across the street. Were there like, like what's one of those early moments where you just helped someone out and you just helped them with something and then were able to help get them to uh, achieve something or feel better or feel more relieved so you could get that feeling of like helping someone? That kind of gratitude. Oh, I don't have an actual example from when I was a kid. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, you don't you don't have an example from back then? Okay, no worries. How so, can, I, I can't remember something that happened, you know, when I was six and uh, I was an influential component to somebody's life and, you know, they had a you know, a, a eureka moment or I help them in some kind of way. I don't have one of those. I'm sorry. Oh, no worries. That's completely fine. Sometimes people do have that moment where they really figure it out as a kid. Sometimes it comes later in life. Did that ever come later in life for you? Uh, I don't know. Just this overall experience, my, just the course of my life. I've met so many different people, and uh, for me, I just, I, I don't know. I can't say a specific moment, Leonard. <laughs> no worries. I don't have That's examples, completely... okay? <laughs> That's completely fine. It's pretty hard You're to You're making remember. this very difficult for me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so, so you figured um, out that you always had this me for this. 
<laughs> so you always figured out that you had a passion for helping people. And one of the things that you said you did was you kind of went on to a medical mission where you uh, went over to Africa and helped the people over there. Can you kind of describe that? Yeah, so um, another thing, you know, I just knew deep inside that I wanted to go overseas and help people that were in countries that uh, didn't have access, you know, to to healthcare. And I just, it was just one of those things that I, I, you know, I can't, I really can't say when it just clicked for me in my head, but I just, I just knew that I wanted to do this. Um, and so one day um, I did with this um, organization called Nurses for Africa. Uh, and um, I signed up and I went to Zambia um, and we did, um, we had mobile clinics and in two days we saw over a thousand people, um, which was very incredible. Um, the whole experience was extremely um, eye-opening um, because we really do have it. Um, we really are so blessed here and we have so much, um, you know, in the States compared compared to anywhere else, I feel as though. And we take um, advantage of that. <laughs> Since you were, it's so amazing that you were in another country and you were able to help people out there. Now, when you were over there, you kind of indicated that we have so much more here than um, they do over there. Can you kind of like describe a few of the differences and a few of the impacts, like having those um, two days of clinic meeting over those thousand people? Like what kind of impact did it make in those people's lives? And how how different is their systems from like our systems here in the states? So um, uh, I went to two um, very rural um, rural uh, towns um, in the sub-Saharan, and there, you know, one of the things that we did was. Um, prenatal care and education and also for um, pregnant women, um, you know, we were kind of um, educating them about the importance of, you know, nutrition and so on. And um, one of the most um, incredible moments was when... um, we used a Doppler, which is a very common instrument here um, in the States um, that isn't even that, I guess, um, I don't know, that technolog- technologically advanced here. Um, and we used that um, to, on, on a mother to, um, for for her to listen to the baby's heartbeat for the first time. So that was a very amazing moment, Um, you know. For for that kind of new technology, uh, for her to kind of experience that, um, what was her reaction like? You know, she, she was just crying, you know, and I think everyone 
everyone around her was just crying because we were just so, so touched. You know, she was just so excited. She had never heard, you know, her baby's heartbeat before. Mm -hmm. And it was just an incredible moment to experience. Wow. Yeah, that sounds pretty powerful, especially since she was able to experience her own baby's like heartbeat for the first time when um, um, <clears throat> rural areas like that don't have the same type of technology that we do. Was that like one of those key moments where you felt a sense of gratification for helping someone else? Oh, yes, definitely. You know, um, even more than that, you know, it's it's not that I felt you know, like I did something or, you know, but I was just so thankful that I had the opportunity to even be there for that moment, you know, to witness it. Yeah, that's a pretty powerful moment, especially to be in such a, <clears throat> such a touching moment in someone's life. I mean, not many people are able to experience those types of moments when they're with others. Now, it's like, it's not that common for people to really go out there and make these types of connections or be there for deep moments with other people. Do you think that's something that you find unique in the healthcare setting that other situations don't really give you the opportunity to see? Um, to be honest, not necessarily. I think that anyone... Um, has uh, the opportunity to make those connections with people um, in such a profound way um, if they are willing and open. It mm. doesn't just have to be in the healthcare industry. You know, um, it may seem like it because, you know, we, we're treating somebody um, when they're so vulnerable and, you know, that's the time where it, you know, it is easy to make connections with people. Um, but I think um, that's not the only way. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of different ways where you can really go out there and connect with others. Now, <clears throat> you worked in New York in the healthcare setting for eight years. You've probably seen absolutely everything from the craziest cases to like the most simplest things out there. And I, I, I could see it kind of getting discouraging when you're in a situation for so long. And some days you might lose hope in your vision. Um, what, what are some things that you did to really like capture onto that hope and really move forward and spread that mission of love that you um, hold so dear to your heart? Um, so, you know, um, I think what you are kind of referring to is um, compassion fatigue or burnout, mm -hmm. which is very common, you know, um, in the healthcare industry. Um, because you are giving so much of yourself every day to everyone, mm -hmm. uh, you know, not only just the patients, but to, you know, their families and you're, you're there to support them. You know, you see them more than um, the physicians do um, because you're by their side um, and just closely monitoring them and you, you build these relationships. Um, I think that, for me, the way that, you know, I was able to really 
kind of uh, center myself uh, after having some really difficult cases um, was just to, you know, reflect and um, just to, I guess, you know, reevaluate myself and to reevaluate mm-hmm. myself and to see how, you know, um, how I, I was actually helping other people, even though I felt drained, drained many days, the fact that I could, you know, make an impact in somebody's life, whether it was just with kind words or, you know, um, just letting them know that I'm here if they need anything, you know, and just that dialogue that we had, um, it it really, you know, made me, you know, it, it, it prevented me from really having that burnout, I guess. Hmm. Wow, that's pretty amazing that you were able to prevent burnout. I know myself with my responsibilities with the work that I do, like I feel burnt out all the time. And even though I love what I do and I'm passionate about the type of work I do, like sometimes I just get so many incoming messages, just like I can't handle it. It's so overwhelming. And then I personally have a struggle with burnout too. And I get to the point where I'm like, okay, I need a break. I need to go away. I need to go recharge. I need to go ignore everyone for a while and sometimes that just becomes a little bit detrimental in my life but I'm glad to see that you're able to handle that so well and just progress forward through it all. Uh, We're about to hop off to a commercial break. Uh, If you want to find Angie online you can find her at Caveman Syndrome that's C-A-V-E-M-A-N-S-Y-N-D-R-O-M-E and that's on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook and you can always find me on Twitter at Mr. Leonard Kim and we'll be back after this commercial break. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. It's time to unlock some of the best kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. Want to improve your health, business, and life just by listening to a radio show? Well, we can at least move you in the right direction. Listen for Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. Each week, Allison will speak with amazing guests and find out what's changed their lives and how they are changing the lives of others. From beauty to health to business and personal relationships, we're here to inspire you to live your life of passion. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers channel hear the stories be motivated be inspired join us today voice america influencers this is grow your influence tree to reach leonard kim or his guest call into the program at 1-866-472-5795 That's 1-866-472-5795. 
or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Hey everyone, Leonard Kim here, back with Andy Park. If you've tuned into the first segment of this episode, you really got to understand why Angie got into a career of nursing and why she decides to lead her life with love and how she believes that love really makes an impact in all the decisions that she does. Because she's just out there wanting to help people. She wants to make a difference in other people's lives. And that reward that she gets when she touches someone and fulfills and brings fulfillment or joy or something that they never experienced in their life before gives her that feel to really move on. It's helped her overcome situations that even affect myself, like burnout, where I struggle and I face things, and I'm like, I don't know what to do for my business or how to get to that next level without feeling so stressed out. She's able to overcome that because of the power of love and her desire to help others and that innate desire to really make a difference. And what she's been doing is she's been implementing these these little strategies and these little, like, um, goals in her life and incorporating it all throughout and that's kind of brought her over to where we are today so Angie in the last segment you mentioned that you moved from New York to Los Angeles and you were out in New York for about eight years why did this sudden shift in um, where you're living well you know I've lived in the east coast my entire life I was born in New York raised in New York (laughs) And New Jersey for a little bit, but um, yes, I did move to LA recently um, because um, I met the love of my life. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty exciting, meeting the love of your life and making that kind of move. Now, most people, when they're thinking about a cross-country move, they'd be pretty scared. They'd be pretty freaked out. They'd be thinking, what about my friends? What about my family? What about my work? Am I going to find a new job? And like, they'll be like, what if, what if, what if, what if? And next thing you know, they kind of like freeze up in fear. But you kind of overcame that and you decided to move anyways. How powerful, like what? What really, how, how did that love kind of like drive you to make that decision to just go forward? Um, so, uh, you know, this decision was not an easy one, although <laughs> others might think it was because it happened so fast, you know. Um, I started dating my husband in March, and then we got married in April, um, and after we got married in April in Malibu, I moved back to New York for a little bit, and then in, at the end of July, I moved to L.A. Um, permanently. Um, I mean, you know, I just had to take a leap of faith. It was very challenging, you know, and um, the nerves really get to you because you're wondering um, what's going to happen. Am I going to, you know, make new friends? Am I going to have a job? You know, how's my life going to be? Um, And even the fact that, you know, I dated my husband for just a month before getting married was crazy enough, so we didn't even really know each other, I feel. But, so I think he was, you know, just um, deciding, okay, let's go for it, because 
I felt like he was the right one. Hmm. Yeah, that's kind of amazing that you kind of took that leaf of faith and you moved forward. Now, I know kind of with age and experience, like what happens for most people, myself included, as we start to feel that, oh, this didn't go wrong. I'm going to bring these prejudgments into my next relationship, into my next business, into my next etc. And we kind of let like all these past experiences kind of mold us to the type of person who's less willing to take risks, who's less willing to go out there and take a leap of faith, who looks at these other things going on that happened in our lives previously and goes, oh, no. But if that happens again, but it seems that all of that just washed away and you were able to just jump in and move forward. Do you think there was some moving power that kind of like helped you get to that other phase where you dismissed everything in the past, got rid of all that negativity, all that naysaying in your brain and drove you to make that type of leap? Uh, Well, it was... It was one of those things where, of course, I had my doubts and, you know, I questioned myself, um, you know, is this the right decision? Oh, my gosh, I'm leaving all my family behind. Um, I don't know anybody else in L.A., what am I going to do? Um, and I had these doubts, but um, it's like everything was inside of me. I just, I just knew I just knew inside. I don't know what it was, you know, God, the universe, whatever was telling me this is the next step. This is what you got to do. Awesome. Yeah, it's kind of crazy how you're able to just make that next step, take that leap of faith and just get out there and move. So now you've been in Los Angeles for about how long? Uh, I think over two months. Over two months. And what's the experience been like so far? Um, I think it's been crazy, but <laughs> I'm learning to adjust. Um, married life is very difficult. Um, what do you think about that? <laughs> I think it's been interesting. What, what are some of the major struggles that you find in marriage? Can you repeat that? What are some of the major struggles that you find in marriage? Um, uh, let's see, communication, uh, getting used to each other's habits, um, and moving is extremely difficult if you're not using any movers. Do you agree? I, I definitely agree. I, I mean, like moving... <laughs> Moving can be quite exhausting and debilitating even, and they can just leave your whole body traumatized where you're unable to move for like weeks on end. So I can definitely feel the struggle with uh, moving. Now, you have you said something about your husband having some annoying habits. What's the most annoying habit he has? Uh, let's see, the most annoying habit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, this isn't really a habit because it's, it's 
it's a part of him, and, you know, I love him for that, and I accept him for it. Um, but, you know, he snores a lot. <laughs> a lot of snoring, you know. Um, and what would you say is the most annoying thing that your wife does? Oh, that's a great question. Puts everything on the dining table. <laughs> <laughs> It looks like a mountain. I don't know if you've seen it before, but it looks like a huge mountain. I'm like, oh, cool. Food goes here, I think. Let's um, put it in this little corner. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, I think everything's pretty good. So now you said when you first moved, it kind of got really crazy. Like what What kind of, what do you think was like the crazy elements that really like was part of that move? Um... Some of the crazy things I think is uh, even just from the LA weather, mm-hmm. uh, where it's just hot all the time. Um, I don't feel like there's a fall. Um, and coming from New York, you know, we had four seasons here. It just feels like it's just summer all the time. That's that's a little maddening um, because in this. You know, the leaves changing colors and this, you know, sweater weather and just, just, you know, the feel of fall. Yeah, I I can see how if you're used to seasons all the time, once those are taken away, it's like, what happened? Since they've moved here (laughs) and it hasn't even been really you know, like a downpour. It was just like a sprinkle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's I feel like I'm in the is. twilight zone. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, that's kind of how it is in Los Angeles. It's a place that really never rains, doesn't really have any seasons. It's just like summer all the time. And that's why a lot of people don't leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I can definitely see the, um, the frustration with the seasons changing and everything. I, I mean... If you're used to a certain thing and you're prepared for things to happen in a certain way and the unexpected happens, that change could definitely change, um, altercate your um, reactions to your environment. Were there any other big changes that happened or crazy things that you noticed? Yeah, you know, um, so um, after I moved here, I started... um, um, well, I was looking for, you know, jobs. That was a huge stressor. Um, and then I also started my master's program. Hmm. So all these combined. And, you know, um, I moved from from an apartment to another apartment. Um, and all these things happened kind of together all at once. Yeah. Um, so it was a lot of stress. Yeah, I think many people, what they do is they kind of tend to resist change. And when change happens, it kind of like affects people in a weird way. And it seems like you went through a lot of change all at once from looking for jobs, to being enrolled into a master's program, to moving, to moving again. And in this situation, like a lot of people, like when they move across country, you didn't have a job lined up, did you? No, I didn't. 
And a lot of people, when they take that leap of faith, like they're, they're not always certain if they're going to find work or not. But how quickly do you think you found work? Um, I, I think I found work pretty quickly because I started, you know, really just looking for jobs in August. And then, you know, I... I was hired in September. I started oh, working in September. Well, one month. That's a quick turnaround time. I remember back in 2013 when I started writing, like around that same time, I applied to 100 jobs. I got three calls back and no one hired me. So I didn't get hired again until like two and a half years later. So one month versus two and a half years. That's kind of insane. Seems like you're pretty talented. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't, you know, for me, it just felt very strange because I had worked, you know, as soon as I had gotten out of school, um, you know, and straight. And I never really had a time off or a break. So this was the first time where I had this, you know, a month, a little over a month to myself, really, you know, doing nothing. <laughs> yeah. um, so that, that felt very weird to me. I couldn't get, I couldn't really get used to that. Yeah, it's a kind of a big change. Um, another thing is you kind of um, took on the master's program and worked probably around the same time. I know personally, I, I have this book project I got to do. I, um, I had to move recently, a few new clients, and um, uh, getting married and all these things. Like All these things kind of like took a toll on my life and just kind of like piled up just because there was so many different things going on. It kind of caused me to struggle a little bit. Do, do you feel a struggle when you when you have so many like changes and things that you have to do? Because oh, I'm guessing that you have to learn a lot for your new job. You have to learn a lot for your master's program, and then you have to go out there and just um, keep and maintain your everyday life too. Does that kind of get like overwhelming, or what? what how, how do you kind of deal with that? Yeah, you know, it, it really does get overwhelming, and I think um, one of my weaknesses is um, finding that work-life balance, um, because I feel like I need to stay on top of everything. That's kind of um, an issue, you know, because I want to have time for fun, and you know, to go out and explore LA and do things with my husband, but you know, I can't at times because you know I have have you know school projects to do, or midterms, and or projects that you know from work that I have to bring home to do over the weekend. But you know, it seems like you you have a lot of things going on too. How do you handle it? Oh, that's a great question. I don't, I, I don't really handle it that well. Like sometimes I get stressed out and I'll cry for an hour over all the responsibilities I have to do. Then I'll have to go um, 
uh, get consoled by my wife. Then um, somehow, like the chair, six chairs that we have that still haven't been built yet will be brought up out of nowhere in the conversation. And I'll start crying for another hour. So when it comes to being overwhelmed, like I'm kind of like the worst person to talk to about this. And I don't really know how to handle it that well because I kind of just go out there and panic and just, you know, kind of uh, become like this little mess and this little baby that has to be taken care of and brought back to health. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not sure if I can really help you answer that question about how to deal with it because um, when it comes no. to like being overwhelmed, no, like, but, I like, kind of, but like, sorry, but like, what what is it that drives you to keep on going even when drives you me are like, feeling overwhelmed? So when I kind of feel overwhelmed, what I really need to do most of the time is take a step back, take a break, re-examine what's going on, and start to figure out how to prioritize and solve the problems one by one. So if someone, uh, so if I'm like kind of looking for help with building a chair because I know that's something in the priority list, uh, I'll look for some solution for that then I'll go and try to implement it and sometimes um, that will happen other times it won't happen but then I try to reprioritize everything because the thing is like tomorrow is going to come and the next tomorrow is going to come and what we have to do is we kind of have to move forward and if we don't move forward we're going to kind of get left behind and stuck then we're going to be drowning in more and more and more stuff and sometimes we look at, I take a look at the lower priorities and I'm like, oh, this doesn't really have to be done now. This is more important. Then I go and try to tackle some of those big things first. Uh, it's about time for another commercial break. So if you want to find Angie online, you can find her at Caveman Syndrome. That's C-A-V-E-M-A-N Syndrome. And that's on like Twitter and um, Instagram and stuff. And you can always find me at Mr. Larry Kim on Twitter. And we'll be back after this commercial break. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to The Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Do you believe that being fit is difficult? Do you think it requires turning in your favorite comfort foods for boring chicken and broccoli and spending hours in a gym? It doesn't. Tune into Have It All with Devin Alexander. Devin and her guest experts will show you how you can have it all at any age, from relationships to money to thinking bigger than you've ever imagined. Devin will fast-track your goals to yummy reality. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. This is Grow Your Influence Tree. To reach Leonard Kim or his guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. 
or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Hey everyone, welcome back to the last segment of Grow Your Influence Tree. Leonard Kim here with Angie Park. And if you listen to the first segment, you really got to understand why Angie decided to make it her mission to go out there and help others. In this last segment we have right before this, you kind of got to learn why how Angie showed her boldness and courageousness by moving out to Los Angeles with basically, you know, it's a big decision. It's a big move. It's like a life-changing thing that kind of happened. And how love had motivated her to move through and kind of the struggles that she's facing with that move and how she's being vulnerable and open about what's going on. In this segment, we're going, we're going to kind of switch gears a little bit and we're going to be kind of talking about the future. Now, Angie's in a new location, she has dreams and aspirations, and she has a direction where she wants to go. Can you share a little bit with with our audience, please? Uh, So, my direction, what I want to do with my life, is that what you're asking ultimately? Yeah. Um, Ultimately, I would love to uh, be a part of a nonprofit organization um, that that really, you know, um, uh, what is it? Organizes medical mission trips um, and you know just does a lot of community outreach mm-hmm. um, to help others in healthcare. Oh, awesome. So you find that your mm-hmm. uh, long-term goals are related to healthcare and moving further into an organization where you're helping others um, overseas and kind of contributing back to the people who are uh, kind of in need for uh, the services that uh, aren't really available to them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I hope along the way um, to create um, new relationships and um, meet people, you know, who are like-minded uh, that want that want to do, you know, what I do, um, or have done, you know, this already, and uh, you know, just find some mentors and and learn learn how I can get there. Awesome. What are some of the things that you're going to be doing to help you move yourself further and closer to these goals that you have? Uh, so I am actually um, trying to create, I guess, my bio because I've never, I've never done anything like this before. You know, this, this, you know, talk with you is the first time. Uh, I've you know basically interviewed, so I'm I'm doing the method, the posted method. Um, I'm sure you know about that, right? Can you tell me a little bit about it? The posted method is um, a method where um, you know you you write on these posted um, words that you feel uh, describe you, mm-hmm. um, and then you stick them on the wall, and then you get um, your friends, colleagues, families to also do the same, to write words on post-its that um, 
they think um, represent you. And then you get all those together and, you know, you you kind of cluster them on the wall. And that really shows, you know, if you, for example, if, you know, I said that, uh, if I thought that I was uh, hilarious um, and I put that and um, everyone else, there's nobody else who thought that I was funny, then obviously, you know, that's not true. I Oh, no. <laughs> but, um, yeah, which is very unfortunate. Um, but, um, yeah, you get to see kind of um, your strengths and um, you get to cluster them to see, uh, you know, who you are and how others perceive you. Um, so I'm working on that right now. What's it kind of revealing to you? I mean, that sounds like a really great exercise, and it sounds like something I probably mentioned a few times here and there. Um, so yeah, you did mention it. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You've mentioned it before, so you know this is this. I'm I'm actually trying it for the first time. I'm I'm seeing what it's like. I'm I'm you know I'm interested. I'm. I can't wait, you know. I want to I want to see what happened from this. From, what are some know. of the That's awesome. What are some of the realizations that you found when you were kind of going through that post in the exercise? Uh I think you know just some of the things that have you know the just what um how others saw me you know, because it was completely different than I had seen myself. Um, well, what, you know, was that like kind of enlightening to see what others thought of you? It was enlightening. Um, some of it was funny. Uh, my friend Arden, uh, he wrote <laughs> um, and his posted, need some time. <laughs> <laughs> What does need some time mean? He needed some time to answer it? (laughs) No, meaning I needed some time. You know, I needed some work. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. So that's great, you know. um, Whereas others, you know, um, it kind of re... uh, You know, it, it reassures you of your strengths, of what you thought that you knew your what you thought you've, you've been good at and others also agree with you in that aspect and, or, you know, you come to see, wow, I didn't realize I had some of these talents that other people um, see that I have. And, yes. you know, that, that realization is awesome, you know, just, just to know that. And you want to, you know, it makes me want to explore that more. How can I grow that, you know, um, into a real strength of mine, you know, yeah, it's really hard to kind of see who you are in a mirror. And a lot of people kind of have difficulty with that. I think you kind of mentioned on the commercial break how you had difficulty with kind of answering that question of, tell me about yourself. And that, I can tell yeah, that. That is yeah. a question I absolutely hate because, you know, it's, it's that moment when somebody goes, oh, so tell me about yourself or who are you? And I go, to myself wondering, oh my gosh, who am I? <laughs> you know, it it's it's like such it's a question that has so much depth to it, but mm-hmm. not at the same time. 
So it's it's challenging for me to come up with an answer, you know, that really encompasses who I am as an individual and describe it in so many words. Yeah, it kind of it kind of could be pretty tricky to answer that question. Like people used to always ask me, "What do you do? What do you do? What do you do?" I'm just like, I'm here talking to you. (laughs) 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 I'm drinking a drink right now. What do you do? That's a cop out. (laughs) That's a cop out. (laughs) No, I'm just telling them what I do, and what I'm doing is I'm doing what I'm doing exactly in front of them. (laughs) <laughs> but it could be a cop out. It could be. It could be. But yeah, yeah. Because you know what they really want to know. They want to know more about you. Yeah, and I'm like, uh, here, here. Want to have a sip of my drink? <laughs> <laughs> you kind of mentioned that you're working on your bio right now, and you're really going out there and working to make that happen. Now, a, mm-hmm. a quick question. Like, when you find your bio, like, how do you think this is going to really help you with your life? Um, I think it will allow me to be able to articulate who I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, you know, to answer that question, uh, which because, you know, that is that is probably the first question, you know, that people ask, like, who are you? Like, what do you do when you first meet somebody, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and I think you will also, once I create that bio um, and I'm able to kind of hone in on what my strengths are and such, I'll be able to use that um, to... I guess, I don't know, to utilize it so that um, I can, it'll be for like the, I guess like my overall goal of like helping people and and doing nonprofit in some way. Or maybe even finding, you know, finding out other passions and other outlets. So you you think that this discovery is going to help you figure out like um, other ways where you can really contribute and go towards your goals? Yeah. Cool. Exactly. And then <laughs> what do you think is going to happen from there once you start going out there and you're achieving these goals? Like, <clears throat> um, do, do you see yourself like traveling to another country every month, every year? year every two years every day what 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 do you kind of picture that life as um you know after after i came back from zambia i was actually thinking about um you know because they had a program where i could basically stay there for um, initially six months and then afterwards you can stay there for years and i was thinking about that very seriously. Um, so I, for me, I think in the future, I would love to, you know, be able to go on these medical missions, um, I don't know, maybe every month, if that's even possible, because <laughs> I know it is, it is a lot um, to travel to different countries and to organize, you know, you know, these things. 
Yeah, it can definitely be a struggle to really go out there and travel every single month unless you have like the financial savviness to really go out there and do things. But it's really refreshing to understand what your goals are and what your picture for your future life looks like. Now, the great thing is you have someone who's going to kind of hold you accountable to make that happen. And one of those people is me. The other people are the people who are listening on the show. Anyone who's listening to the show right now, your responsibility is to go and reach out to Caveman Syndrome or Angie Park on Twitter <laughs> and make sure she stays accountable to achieving that, these goals, whether they happen in three years, five years, or ten years. We have to consistently send her reminders to go out there and make these steps forward because she's already made it this far. She made this drastic move from New York to Los Angeles. She's gone through the struggles and she got to where she is now where the dust is kind of settling and she's kind of falling into place with exactly where she is. And now she's on this journey to go out there and help others. Now, Helping others, that's such a great thing, and it's such a philanthropic thing to do to really make those contributions. But we need, but it's easy to lose sight of that and get distracted by everyday life and the struggles that we face. So everyone now and then needs that constant reminder to go out there and know that this is achievable, that this is possible. So anyone who's listening into the show, I have an ask for you today. And that ask is... Every month, every week, every six months, every year, just mark down in your calendar and put a, put a notification there that says, send a tweet to Caveman Syndrome, Andy Park, and let her know that you're encouraging her to go out there and live her dreams, that it's doable, that it's within reach, and it's something that she can accomplish. Now, it might sound simple, it might sound like something you don't want to do, but you know what? That simple tweet you can be helping someone else out too. You could be making a difference in their life. You could be contributing your love and your passion and pa passing that into someone else and feel the joy that Angie was feeling every single time she was able to do this with a patient, with another person, with someone she was talking to and making a connection with. You have the opportunity now to make that difference in Angie's life. So... We're about to exit this episode of Grow Your Influence Tree. Everyone who's tuning in, I wanted to thank you so much for the time of being here today and for talking with both Angie and myself. You can follow Angie at Caveman Syndrome online, and you can always find me at Mr. Leonard Kim. And thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of Grow Your Influence Tree. Thank you for making us part of your week. Listen for Grow Your Influence Tree with Leonard Kim every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Stand out, stand apart, and become a top influencer. We'll see you here next week.